Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Guys... Episode 5 of Hawkeye is the topic of today, and it was bonkers. I watched it this morning before work, literally was screaming in my bed at like 8.15 in the morning. It was craziness. That's my first immediate thoughts on it. But Katie, please dive a little deeper beyond it was crazy. Oh, well, my first initial thought was going to be like, man, I love to be right. (laughs) (laughs) I love being right because you know what? First off, I do love to be right in general. But second, so few times are we actually ever right in the with Marvel. And I mean, I like that. I do. I like the aspect that you catch me off guard kind of thing. However, sometimes I just like that little bit of sprinkle, that little bit of Ah, you got this one on the nose kind of thing. And I would say I almost called every single thing that came out of this episode. I Even from small things, like, and I know this wasn't necessarily like a big, but I knew Yelena had been dusted all the way back in Black Widow. I called it. Yeah, you did. I, said, I think I said in our predictions episode of Black Widow, I said, I'll bet you she was dusted. I said it right away. I And I mean, granted, there were a lot of hints to that but afterwards, but way back when. I mean, Kate's mom? Man, I called that from episode, like, two. I said she was so suspicious. And I know last episode was already like, "Mm, you're getting there, you're getting there. But then it was like, this one obviously confirmed. Like, I just, there are so many things I love to be right about. And I even said about Yelena, how once she found out about why she was hired and stuff, I knew she was going to start to flip. Boom, happened. I was like, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't be more amazing in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt watching episode five. Everything that was going on, I was like, I did that. I knew that. I saw this coming. So, oh, bestie duo. You see bestie duo Kate and Yelena called that. Like, oh, I just, mm. it was such a good episode. And we were eating good. It was, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Unless something really, and we've said it all this time, but now there's only one episode left. Unless something magically tragic happens that I really, really hate in episode six, Hawkeye, far and away, has blown every other live-action Marvel show out of the water for 2021. The show that I will admit I was least excited for takes the crown by miles for the best executed, the best written show of 2020 I mean it's just I feel like I'm glowing I just like don't even know how to express how happy I am with this show I can't even tell you it's just I feel like I just walked out of a movie like this show as a whole makes me feel the way I feel when I'm leaving the movies and that in and of itself is a massive accomplishment you know this is what I said to someone earlier today I said the serotonin I got 
when we saw what we thought could be Pietro show up at Wanda's door in WandaVision is what this entire episode felt like. No, scratch that. It's what this entire show feels like. Oh, for sure. But, like, that moment of, like, oh, my God. Where we ran around the house. entire episode. Yeah. Yes. Where you're just sitting there and you're, like, your mouth dropped open kind of thing. Like, I was literally sitting in one of my academic buildings and I'm just trying to eat my lunch and watch Hawkeye because I, I skipped a review session for a final. <laughs> and I literally was just, like, the entire time. And then when it finally, like, the episode, I don't want to say finally ended, like, I was looking forward to ending. It, I, I wasn't. But when it, the episode ended, I literally was just like, <gasps> like, I was just sitting in the chair. And I swear if anyone walked past, they're probably like, this girl's insane. Because I just, like, looked up and just started laughing. Because I just, it was so good. A little upset I didn't get an end credit scene. Not gonna lie. Me too. I kept looking. I, like, looked, like, four times. I was yeah. like, no. No! Where is it? I literally let it play out because I didn't believe it. I let the entire thing play out. I didn't have time to do that, but... <laughs> well, I also was in shock and immediately went to Twitter. So I, I was like, okay. <laughs> but enough with this. Let's start. Let's break it in. Break right into it. And I want to break right into... This show doesn't miss with their opening credits. Oh my god, I was thinking the same thing. I'm watching, and I knew you weren't up yet. I was, like, watching at, like, 7.30 this morning. And I was... No, I was not. Yeah, (laughs) I know. So I, like, have this... I think I turned it on at, like, 7.45. And I'm, like, it it opens with Yelena. And I'm, like, oh my god. Oh my god. And I, like, she's wearing the same suit from Black Widow. She's talking about her sister. She's freeing the Black... Well, I mean, I think the other Black Widow was already free like she was just kind of doing her own thing but you know she's there and they're doing all this I was like this is amazing and then she goes in the bathroom like oh my god this is the moment like we're gonna get the confirmation we get the confirmation that she was dusted she comes out and it's like five years later and like the moment that broke me was she's like I need to find Natasha and I'm like oh my god I like can't (laughs) I was like she's gonna find out her sister's dead and I just can't I can't do that what hit me the most from that scene was not even that she was like, I need to find Natasha in the sense that I need to make sure she's okay and that what just happened to me didn't happen to her. It was the fact that she knew her sister. There was no way that her amazing older sister, because the pedestal she puts her on, that that just happened to her. She knew her sister lived through that. At least the actual dusting. You know, like she knew. Because it was the confirmation of, I need to tell her I'm okay. I know she's fine. I, I know because I'm sure she just saved the world. You could just, you knew that she knew that her sister wasn't a victim to that and was going to save and help people and had done that. You just knew that she knew that her sister was a hero. And like, so she was just like, I just, I need to tell her I'm okay now. And it just was so sad too, because someone pointed this out on Twitter and I, like, I noticed it, but I really, they put it into better words because I don't think I put it fully together, but it was like, the last thing that Yelena talked about before being dusted was her sister, and the first thing she was worried about afterwards was her sister. I literally, there were tears streaming down my face. I was laying down. I was in my bed, so it, like, started running down my neck. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if it was that part of the Hawkeye part, but I was like, I am literally soaked in tears, and it's not even 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just... She acted it so well. And, you know, this is something that I really have enjoyed is that we're finally seeing the back end. Because something that kind of frustrated me for a while with Phase 4, because we saw it in WandaVision with Monica. 
and I really liked it, but Monica was this newer character to us, so I think it was a little different, versus we then saw it with Yelena, someone we've now been introduced to, we love as a character, and I just, something that was frustrating me a little bit with Phase 4 was that it, they talked about it, never really talked about some of the, uh, and, like, what was really happening to those who were dusted, like, I mean, in Endgame, boom, they snap, all the Avengers come back, we fight Thanos, yay, and it's like, okay, we don't really, we haven't discussed what it was like coming back for some of these characters. I mean, even Spider-Man, I'm kind of like, he just kind of came back, <laughs> you know, went back to school. Like, they talk about it a little bit, but not really in the sense of, like, what it really was like. And so, I really like that we're seeing that. I mean, it also kind of, like, annoys me because, like I said, they would talk about, like, oh, the snap, the blip. I mean, even down to the Eternals, like, so I'm glad we're seeing it. I'm glad we saw it with a character that we've been established with. Because that makes me feel better. And I think, personally, it filled in a hole of, I think this is how she got into contact with Valentina. Because her friend, that Black Widow, that was freelancing, she was telling her about how to get hired out. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. You make a good point. That's a good connection. That that, we almost see the line being drawn between that Black Widow who was there. I mean, thank God they were still in that house. Can you imagine if Yelena comes out and it's not a familiar face? Like, I was thinking about that. I was struck by that because, like, to your point, we did see Monica come back into the same hospital chair where she was visiting her mother. And so luckily she had the benefit of, like, health professionals being there. And she didn't wake up in someone else's house, you know? Like Venom. He, like, woke up in someone else's bed. Well... Venom, that wasn't... Right, but he wasn't, like, fully conscious of those five years, right? Well, okay. Venom, that's a different story, but Venom was not necessarily... That's not necessarily a snap blip. I'm just saying he was there one second, and next thing he knows, there's someone else occupying the room. In that sense, it is similar. Yeah. Whatever he does in between those five years, that's TBD. Who knows, right? We might find out during Spider-Man. We don't know. Who knows? But... All I'm saying is, like, he woke up in a spot that had now been occupied by another person. In Yelena's case, at least it was occupied by someone who knew her and, like, was able to, like, gently re-enter her and, like, gently tell her, like, this is what happened and you became a victim of this and now you're back and you blah, 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 blah. So I was really, like, struck by that and how, like, she was actually able to, like, get almost like a crash course of, like, the snap and the blip and, like, this is what happened. So I thought that was interesting also. Yeah, and then, you know, moving right into the episode, I think the first prominent scene we really see is Yelena in Kate's apartment. Because obviously we see Kate talking to her mom. Yeah, to the scene with Kate talking to her mom. I thought that was, like, so interesting because you and I, it's mostly you, but I've agreed with you, have been suspicious of the mother for most of the show, right? I thought it was interesting when they had that scene because they're almost trying to like throw you off the scent by showing her being a good caring loving mother and like taking care of Kate's wounds and talking her off the ledge and telling her like it's okay whatever you decide to do blah 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 and like being that comforting mothering figure when at the end of the episode like Kate has that well first of all she has that bonding episode that bonding moment with her mother at the beginning and then at the end of the episode she finds out her mother's like low-key evil so I thought that was like a very interesting dichotomy because at the beginning we're showing her being the loving mother and by the end she's revealed as a villain I think unfortunately for Kate and what might be hard for her to wrap her brain around is like 
her mother towards her is not inherently a bad person, you know? And it's like, and she's not a, okay, I don't say she's the world's best mom in the way that, like, (laughs) she treats Kate, because unfortunately, you can see, I think, within the past episode and the episode before, that her motives, her business, and whatever else she's involved in comes before her daughter. Agreed. Because you see that, I mean, that's why she doesn't want Clint to keep her and her daughter involved. She does care about her daughter, but she cares more about the fact that she doesn't want her daughter seeing what she's into, and she knows they're on that trail. I mean, she got her own fiancé somewhat arrested for the sake of saving her own butt. That's what I wanted. Okay, so I know we're skipping the Yelena scene, but I know we'll go into that in depth. So I, I just want to go right into the Jack arrest scene really quick because these two scenes obviously tie together because at the end of the scene, that's the heart to heart between Kate and her mom. She obviously says, you know, this is what we found out about Jack. He's not who you think he is. Yeah. But the way Jack gives his little monologue like, oh, honey, like, I'll be back out. This is all a misunderstanding. Part of me thinks they're in cahoots. Yeah. That, like, she didn't really sell him out, but was like, look, you need to make this look good for my daughter. Like, I need her to think that I put the foot down because you're, like, not actually this good guy. Like, yeah. maybe we'll get you, you know, exonerated later. Or perhaps their boss, which I'm sure we'll get into, has ties with the NYPD or FBI or whoever was arresting him, who's going to get him out and it's not going to be an issue. But he was so smug about it. Yeah. I was like, they almost seem like they're in it together. No, I definitely, that I caught that too. I de- it definitely, you can tell who holds the power in their relationship from the get-go. I'm sure it was the, you need to, to your point, you need to do this. Throw her off the case in the sense that you look guilty enough. And you can move forward then. And we can move forward. So I'm sure to that point, yes. And yeah, I mean, he just... The entire vibe in that moment, you just were like, hmm, okay. Because you just knew, like, he seemed too suspicious. Unfortunately, I think Kate was too, I don't even know the word I'm trying to look for, like, because I don't want to be, like, happy. But I guess we'll use the word happy for the point and trying to hold, she thinks her mother is upset, although it didn't even seem that her mother, like, I just think she was too distracted by what was actually happening and that she somewhat was getting what she wanted even if it was a very indirect way of going about it. Yeah, like, she got the validation. Yeah, and so she wasn't really paying attention to the fact that her mother, not that good of an acting job. Jack, not that good of an acting job. So she just, she, it's almost like, you know, when you get tired of looking over your shoulder for so long that when you think you don't have to, you just, you become so, like, not careful that it's just, like, you ignore even the most blatant signs in front of you. So it almost, like, that. it gave me that vibe. And, you know, we'll get into the, I would like to almost finish the the storyline through the episode with her mother, but I feel like we can't without going through some of the rest of the episode because of that big reveal at the end. Both, it's like, not even a big reveal character-based, but even with Yelena, like, there was a big reveal in a lot of different ways. So, let's move right into that Yelena conversation. Let's do it. Loved it. Besties. Here for it. My favorite duo. One fork only. Like... Let me break into your house and make you mac and cheese. Oh, you done? I'm going to put the hot sauce on now. I just was laughing so hard. Yelena just steals every scene she's in. She's so freaking funny. Like, Florence Pugh, that casting, magnificent. Oh, yeah. Probably some of the best casting in the MCU. People, you know, want to talk about how amazing, like, Chris is as Thor or, like, Tom is as Loki or 
any number of, you know, characters. Obviously, RDJ is Tony. Yeah, I was gonna say, you can't not say RDJ. <laughs> Literally people who embody their characters, like, put her up there. Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. Like, she is up in the, in the highest echelons of casting in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think it's very interesting. First off, I love the whole, I'm not gonna kill you. Because I could have killed you the second you walked out. Yeah, the second I walked in. Like, <laughs> like, I just like that the two of them are like, Kate's trying her best. Like, Yelena's like, you've clearly never done this before. Like, I just think it's hilarious, the the combination of the two of them. And even in that moment where Kate's like, I'm probably going to die. Or or she's going to kill someone. Like, something bad's going to happen here. She's still hilarious. And then mixed with Yelena, I just thought their, dare I say, vibes were immaculate. And... You know, I think it's interesting to see Elena's point of view. And as a Black Widow stan, and now obviously, well, I guess I could still say a Black Widow stan. <laughs> but as a Natasha and now a Yelena stan, I find it very validating to have her sister fighting for her... Okay, wait. To have Elena fighting for her sister, because if I say for her sister to fighting for her sister, it wasn't going to sound right. To be noticed. And I think that's something that has always been, like, a thing, kind of, for Black Widow as a character in the MCU. It was to be noticed. And when she sat there and she was like, my sister saved the world. Because you know what? She's right. Anything else could have gone wrong, yes. But at the end of the day, Nat was the only one, and I'm not coming after any Tony stands in the sense that, because I, I will say there were other people who could have snapped and Tony could have lived and I know it was for his character arc, so whatever. But Nat is the only one who truly gave herself fully because had none of them been able to do that, and Hawkeye wanted to, whatever, but she saw that situation and knew what it was for. She wasn't just saving his family, she was saving hers because I she knew. There's no way she didn't look for her sister. Yeah. So it's like, at the end of the day... She gave her life and she goes unnoticed. I mean, even in Endgame, she didn't even get a funeral. Yeah. You know, like, Tony got his funeral. She didn't. She still looked over. And she was the one, the only reason they got that soul stone. So, and I think they were the only duo who could have gone and genuinely gotten the stone was Hawkeye and, and Nat. Yeah. I mean, they were the only ones who had a strong enough bond. Yeah, exactly. Who were still around. And so... I just, I, that line really hit for me when, when she just was like, my sister saved the world. And I also, the other line that really hit for me was when she was talking about Clint, but I kind of took it as Avengers as a whole a little bit when she was talking about, you know, he's got blood on his hands. Yeah. You know, he does all these great things. You call him a hero, but what about all the things he does that's terrible? And granted, was he going after people who were probably not great people? Yes. I'm not going to say he wasn't. but. She doesn't lie when she says that either. That, oh, you call him a hero. He's so amazing, right? Well, what about all the people that he killed? What about his past? So she made some valid points. Yeah. I think in some ways, too, she's almost, like, projecting her own history there. Yeah. Because she obviously feels the same way. And I actually think it's interesting that she chose to attack Clint in that way because that's the one way she can understand. It's the one way her sister could understand right. was the red in the ledger. Exactly. They've all got the red in the ledger and they all understand each other for exactly that reason. No, I agree. And so I thought she was very interesting in her points there. Love that she can't just walk out a door. Big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how she brings up 
Alexi. I love how she's like, my dad says, and I was like, oh my god. It made me oh, yeah. so happy. <laughs> I just was like, beautiful. Although that brought up to me. I was like, where are they? Yeah, where are mom and dad? And also, I did see someone point this out, and I noticed it, but I'm glad someone else pointed it out. I, I, if you haven't been able to tell, I like to be validated in my feelings. Um, <laughs> she wears her makeup like her mother. Especially at the beginning, you see the long eyeliner, and yeah. like it comes from the underneath. She wears it like Melina. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. But like that brings the question to me of, like, where are they? Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. It's a good question. And I think that's something I would like to be fulfilled. <laughs> Marvel, that's my demand. <laughs> yeah, tell me where Alexi and Melina are, please. Because they're one daughter down, so I would hate to think that they're going to let go of the one they've still got left, biological family or not. Well, and, and I mean, no one, no one has confirmed about their being dusted or not. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I don't put it past Natasha to have looked for all of them. Yeah. So that's why... It makes me... That point makes... I was just thinking the same thing. That point makes me think that they were all dusted. Yeah. They. I would think she would have brought her family closer than not if she, if she was able to locate them. That's why I think they were all dusted. Unless she just simply wasn't able to locate them because, to be fair, half the population had just died. They were still looking for black widows so i would think they would reach out like there would be a mutual desire to ensure that the other person was okay i mean that's fair i'm just saying i have to play the devil's advocate there it's like they were under very like you know what i mean like black widows whole job are, are to disappear half the time yeah so but yeah so then we see the scene okay we're inspired. I love that Kate sits there and is like calling Clint. Oh my god! Like she's like a crazy girl when the when the boyfriend isn't answering the phone after a while, and she's like call. She's like, Clint, I I I really need to talk. I can't tell you this over the phone. Like I just I love like, it. She's oh, like, I hate that you made me this crazy person. I'm like, this is fantastic. She just was. Uh, this really was Kate and Elena's episode in the sense of just. I think they had more screen time than Clint. Yeah. Which I get it. Okay, the show's Hawkeye, but... Can we talk about the one really intense Clint scene? Well, but other than the fight scene, the scene that made me cry as hard, if not harder, than Yelena's return from the snap and asking for her sister, when he goes to that plaque in front of Grand Central, which, by the way, I literally pretty sure i walked by where that plaque would be in real new york if it was happening this weekend because i was all over the grand central area so like well, weren't we also just there yes we were that literally was where we were so we were just there <laughs> i know and i was also there again this weekend so i've been there the last two weekends Woo! yay real life areas anyway <laughs> so he goes there and he uses that as like a vehicle to speak to Natasha and just like how he's talking about how he tries to live every single day to honor what she gave him which you and I have spoken about so many times as a reasoning for why they're not going to kill Clint because it again negates Natasha's sacrifice because she gave him I mean and and he says it himself in this scene she gave him the life he's currently living he would be dead yeah so I just moved me. I was like, I was crying. I was like, this is a lot. And I'm really sad. And you can't like, you can't make me fall in love with him as a character just to have taken, because like, not that I ever had anything against Clint. However, I just kind of was like, Clint's just there. Yeah. You weren't particularly attached. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. Was I at first 
one of the louder voices on the it should have been Clint Crusade. I was. But you know what? From the get-go, Black Widow was probably my favorite Avenger from the, the first time. I mean, what was the movie I saw in theaters? The first real movie that I, I got connected to was Age of Ultron. She was my favorite. I mean, immediately I loved Wanda as well. <laughs> but she was my favorite. And, you know, while time has passed, and obviously I, I have loved many different characters, to this day... My boyfriend still makes fun of me because he he said how embarrassed he was when I was sobbing during Endgame because he was like, you were so loud. And I'm like, what? They just killed my favorite character. Like, but I was. I literally, like, Tony's death, no offense, no feelings. But sitting there watching that, I was like, nope, can't do this today. Didn't think I'd do this today. So, you know, seeing all that, I'm just like, you can't have done what you did and made me love this character and really seeing the connection that they did have more than even when they were both on screen together and then rip that away. You just can't. No, I agree. And when he said, I just needed to talk to you, I was like, the waterworks started. And then I was like, Oh, I know. I'm not doing well today. I know. I like, I'm still tearing up just thinking about it. I was like, he's going to this place because he needs to talk to his best friend who literally sacrificed her life for his. Like, I can't even begin to imagine what he feels. And, like, it just tore me to shreds. I was like, no, I'm not okay. Well, and what I think is really interesting is then after this scene, bleeds right into the Ronin scene with Echo. And I knew that was coming. And not beforehand, but, like, I, when he was like, so you have to forgive me for what I'm going to do because the whole thing was Natasha stopped him from being Ronan and so clearly that was going back on the fact of you know you stopped me you pulled me away from that ledge which is clearly why he felt bad about doing it but I thought it was really interesting and now I don't know if it was said in the podcast episode but I do know I I included into a blog post that the connection between her echo and I keep forgetting his name starts with a k can't think of it again Kazi. I always want to say Keely, so I'm so glad you remember what his I name is. I always want to say is. Kari, and I don't know why Kari is the thing. K-A, insert, I think a letter, insert a letter I. That's what his name yeah, is. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because, like, I, his real name's, like, Froth Free or something like that, and I think I just hear the R and I just go with it. But, so, I think I said it somewhere in the blog that there was, that there was a rift between the two of them, and you saw it within the second episode, I believe it was. And it's going to be important for later on. And now we've seen later on. Yeah. Because let's talk about that. When he... So they have their fight scenes. Pretty epic. It's pretty great. And when Clint reveals that the reason he knew to be there was because there was a mole in the organization. And immediately you're like, you know Maya knows who it is. And then she could... She like kind of confronts him. But like doesn't. Where she's like just kind of prodding like is this really happening and then when he has no response to why he wasn't at the meeting she's like it was you you killed my freaking dad like you told the ronin where my dad was well but not even can we talk about what he actually says though and not to say that but you know what i mean he says that the boss instructed him which oh i'm so glad you brought that up because we talked at length in the predictions episode, and I think in episodes one and two, because it wasn't clear at that point yet, right. what Maya's comic book arc is, which is that she's the adopted daughter of Kingpin, and, you know, it's because Kingpin actually killed her father, 
well, they're going a lot closer to the comic storyline than we thought. Yes. And when, immediately when Clint said that, I was like, oh, so they brought it back home. Like, they deviated, and then they were like, sharp left, we're going back home, all exactly. good now. No, exactly. Because they essentially, instead of directly having him kill him, he did the indirect route. But that's why I thought it was interesting when Clint sat there and was like, I'm showing you my face because we're the same person. And I thought that was so interesting. And when he sat there and told her that, like I said, this entire episode, even almost every single part of it, even if you want to give me 50%, I called something about it. And this I called just as much where I sat there and I was like, there's a rift there. There's a reason that there's a rift there. And at first it could have been like a power grab kind of thing, which it sounded like it was. Yeah. And there, that is still possibly why, you know, Kingpin thought to use him. Can I also just go back for a second? Looking back, because hindsight's twenty twenty, the conversation that Clint and Kazi had in the car, mm-hmm. it's so familiar, yeah. right? They're so familiar with one another. He knows where he hides the gun. He knows where he hides the knife. He knows where he hides there was one other weapon. Yep. Like, now looking back, I'm like, that wasn't their first conversation. No. Like, maybe Kazi doesn't know that it's not their first com- conversation, but Clint sure did. And there was, like, a familiarity there. And so now I'm like, oh, that puzzle piece is now firmly in place. Like, I get it now. Like, looking back, like I said, that hindsight, I'm like, that conversation now looks completely different with this new information. I agree. And can we talk about how well-constructed this show is? Because moving back, I would say, what, episode two? Tracksuits, bad people. We don't like them. First off, though, the tracksuits jamming in the car, loved them. But second, oh my God, anyway, moving on. So funny. <laughs> I literally was like, yes. Um... But we're seeing this and we see Echo come in and we see Kazi and we see her organization. Then we're hearing about Uncle and we're like, okay, so there's a top dude. We see her pass. We see her wanting the blood of Ronan. We see all this. And how perfectly this torch gets passed to be like, okay, now she's off the trail of Ronan because she's got something bigger for her to worry about. And she knows it's, it wasn't even Ronan to just show up that day. That's the, like, she even knows it was like, you were genuinely kind of, quote unquote, just like doing your job. Yeah. Like that was just going to say, like, he's the vehicle, but there's someone else who's directly responsible and pointed him in that direction. If he's the gun, someone else aimed that gun and she's going after them now. Exactly. And I like how that helps phase out a little bit. Echo and the tracksuits to open up for this final episode. Well, first off, I mean, the ending of this episode of the big reveal, of course, but then this final episode finally being like, not, I don't want to say free because it's not the point, but it moves into that last little bit where you, they were like the means of the end to get there, but it was so perfectly done and it built perfectly on Echo. Yeah. Can we also talk then about the big reveal? Because I think we're basically there anyway in terms of chronological scene-wise and what happens in the show. Yeah. But also, before we talk about it, so you could feel in last week's episode when they were having the rooftop fight, it was almost like the two storylines were fighting. You had the Yelena storyline and you had the Echo storyline. But what I think the big reveal showed us this week is that they're not two diverging storylines. They're two branches of the same tree. And the the trunk of the tree is none other than Wilson Fisk, the kingpin. He's back! Well, and I wanna, what I want to say is, before we get into that <laughs> really quick, it deals with it. But So Hawkeye knew of him. Mm-hmm. 
which I find really interesting too. Because he even went on the phone with his wife, which I thought that whole phone call was a little weird in its own way. I agree. I don't understand what Linda's role is. Well, she did used to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Oh, I did not know that. I Yeah. So there's like, that's how she has connections and stuff. Okay. Thank you for filling in that blank for me. Yeah. But the for me, I just kind of was like, I, like, I like her as a character, but like, if she's not there, I don't understand her need of inclusion. And I get like, at first it was like, I don't feel like you're far enough away, like this is getting out of hand because now the big one's going to be involved, like blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of got off kilter a little bit and got like strange. So I just was like, okay, whatever. Because he was like, you have to forgive me for what I'm going to do. And I was like, but you didn't really do anything. Like you didn't kill anyone or (laughs) you just kind of like. It was like controlled Ronan. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, but whatever. So I, but I did think it was very interesting that he knew of him and he was like avoiding it. Like, I think is a very weird thing. Yeah, it's almost like he knew it was too big a fish for him to try to reel in. Like, he knew he couldn't quite bring it down, like, by himself. Yeah. The whole organization. Because Fisk has his hands in so many things. Like, even in the place, and I clocked this, I was like, oh, he's coming. When, in the place where Echo and Ronan slash Hawkeye fight, it's like, big guy tire or big guy car service or something i was like they're basically screaming at us that he's coming this episode like i was like okay but it's just another way to show like he has his you know hands in so many pots that it's not just bringing down the guy it's bringing down the whole organization and i think even as ronin hawkeye was like one that's too much work and two like i'm one man like is it actually going to make a difference if I try to take this guy out? Or am I just going to get myself killed in the process? Well, exactly. And so, like, now Kingpin's here. Okay. Let's talk about how this reveal happened. Because, as I said earlier, there is a lot of depth to this final scene. Agreed. For one, Kate's mom is involved. For two, obviously Kingpin showed up. We've got Kingpin in the MCU. That There's a lot of repercussions to this in general. And for three, it is a turnaround point for Kate, or not for Kate, well, yeah, for Kate, but for Yelena was who I meant to say, but for Kate, not so much a turnaround for Kate, I should say it's more of that. It's a revelation. Yeah, and my thing, and I think I said this at some point during one of the episodes, is that this is Kate's decision point. Mm -hmm. Because every hero has a decision point on whether they choose to continue to be a hero or they either stop or live the villain origin. And because almost every reason a, a hero is made is for, is the same thing that a, a villain gets made from. You know, everyone has that choice to take one path or the other. And this is Kate's point right here. Where the only family member that she has, that she even like knows of most closely, her mother is now involved in something that she knows is terrible and has a lot of repercussions so it's like this is the moment kate decides and it's like all i think about is when clint of all people of ken sat there in age of Ultron to wanda and said you walk out those doors you're an avenger or you can just sit here yeah so i think of the same idea because this was kate's obvious coming of being an avenger finally kind of thing and same gist. He, it's the, 
you decide to go in and fight this, which we know she does because of Rockefeller Plaza scene. We see it in the trailer. That's not a spoiler. We see it, like, in every trailer. But that's that moment you decide what you want to be. All right, I know, too, Kate, like, you had a point about Yelena and what that scene reveals about Yelena and her turn at the end of the the episode. Yeah, so going into it, obviously, she, I mean, what jars her initially is Kate's comment about, like, have you ever thought of the person who hired you? Like, what their whole thing was. Yeah, like, they have a motive, too. Yes. So what's interesting is, Yelena took that line to heart, and instead of going after Clint further at that moment, took a step back and said, I need to know more about this. And that, I think, is what separates her from the widow whose house she was at when she was dusted, because... Obviously, that widow didn't care. She was like, well, I have this beautiful house. And I mean, maybe she did later because she had a child and she got married. So I think she kind of evolved past that mercenary point in her life that she clearly still had the contact. And that's likely, to your point, how Yelena hooked up with Val. However, I think because of Yelena's relationship with her family and especially her sister, she is more cautious about who's telling her what to do. And also the other widow clearly wasn't under the mind control because when they did the dust, she was like, what are you doing? Like, why now you have like dust all over my really pretty rug, you know? So I think it's a combination of Yelena's relationship with her family, but also having been unable to control her own mind that makes her a little more suspicious when it comes to people hiring her and wanting to know exactly what their motives are before she goes in and does something she might regret. Well, and here's my thought process. Valentina obviously was the one who told her. So Valentina's a middleman, which is something I think we were really unsure of after Hawkeye or after Black Widow and going into Hawkeye was kind of where where Valentina stood and why when she has, well, U.S. agent and now she has her Black Widow why she's sending them out after, like, what her own motive was. She clearly doesn't have one. She's clearly a middleman. And my question is, is is she the middleman? Does it go Kingpin, Valentina, and then Eleanor? Or is Valentina kind of just, for lack of better words, a higher out agency? Oh, is she a freelancer? Yeah. Kind of like, oh, I got my people. Yeah. You know, I got my people. You want them to do something? Because here's my thing. I couldn't see, okay, I could see Kingpin wanting Hawkeye out of the game. I could see Eleanor wanting Hawkeye out of the game. I don't know that, and we've talked about this before, I don't know that they want Hawkeye out of the game. Right. I think they might want Ronan. Okay, let me clarify. A lot of times I forget to call Clint by his name. I meant just Clint in general. <laughs> Mainly because, to be fair, I always just called him Hawkeye. I kind of just never really called him Clint. But my thing is, is I don't think Valentina is at the mercy of Kingpin. I don't think she, the point, like, you know what I mean? Like, I could see Kingpin wanting him out of the picture as possibly Ronan, and now I could see Eleanor, if she's helping out a part of Kingpin's things, whatever, she's a pawn just as much, kind of being like, I want you to, because, I mean, to be fair, the trail will come back to Eleanor, right? Yeah. Trail doesn't come back to him. If he's like, hey, I want him taken out of the picture. Well, guess what? Now her daughter's got a stake in it. So that's why she's got to meet with the big man. Her daughter's got a stake in the whole, well, now we want him taken out. Because I think this is Hawkeye's best kept secret that's not kept secret. So you, I was just going to ask. So you think that 
people are people know now that Hawkeye is Ronan. Do you think they've known all along? I think to a degree. I mean, keep in mind, he hired out Ronan before. He's been involved with him. He didn't. I wouldn't say that he hired Ronan. But you know what? I, but he's used him to he his advantage He used him when before. he was useful, and now he's not useful anymore. So he wants him gone. Right. And the bill comes back to Eleanor. Yeah, and I guess if you think about it, going back, and we talked about this, I don't remember what episode it was, but we definitely chatted about this, how the photo that Eleanor shows Yelena. Valentina. Yeah, sorry. The photo that Valentina shows Yelena is Clint unmasked, but I believe in the Ronin suit. So a lot of people know his identity. Clearly, whoever hide, hired Valentina, meaning Eleanor, and subsequently going up the ladder, her boss, Kingpin, they all know his identity, which makes it even more interesting when Clint was in their apartment Because now that conversation is so different because she's like, stay away from my daughter, full well knowing she hired an assassin to kill him. Well, here's my thoughts. So first off, we're starting to possibly have a timeline. Because when Valentina gives her the assignment, when she's talking to Kate, she's like, oh, I'm just in the city for business. She just got there. I can't think it was too hard to track him down because it seemed like she found a lot of information about Kate rather quickly. And so, and I mean, Clint Barton, are you kidding me? She didn't need to look for him with his, where he lives. It was so much easier to just find him out and about. He's essentially a celebrity. So she knew where she was being. And for all we know, Valentina was like, this is where you'll find him. They knew. I mean, first off, you have to buy tickets for advance for Rogers the Musical. Like, <laughs> that's how Broadway works. <laughs> and so... It's very possible they just had the information. I mean, I doubt he uses fake credit cards. He's like, you know, like he's not that deep into his own disguise. So she came in for business, which means usually when you get an assignment, you go on the assignment, which means the grave scene is not that far away from when she ended up in New York. And if you think about it, she's in Ohio, right? Not that far. That's actually been confirmed. That's been confirmed. I saw a map. I don't know if it was a Marvel-based map, but I saw somebody did a map of where things happen in Phase 4, which I was super interesting and helpful, and I meant to send it to you, and then I forgot. But I thought you were genuinely saying, like, just finding out where Ohio was was really helpful, and I was like, it has bordered the state we grew up in forever. (laughs) No, I may not be the greatest at Midwestern (laughs) geography, but that I understand, and no. Anyway, moving on. She's in Ohio, and, you know, she's dressed in a fall jacket. So let's say maybe mid to late fall. This is a week before Christmas, a couple days before Christmas, six weeks. Yeah. Six day weeks max for her to maybe, maybe she didn't want to take him out at home. Maybe she didn't want to take him out in front of his family. So gives her some time to- she was gathering her best moment to strike and kill. That's what a widow does. Yeah. Exactly. Finding the moment where he's going to be- distracted, not on his home turf. Like, I'm sure he has his farm protected. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he has all kinds of, you know, whether it's booby traps or whatever it is, that farm is protected. So she doesn't want to get him on his home turf. Let's get him when he's on vacation, when he's not paying attention, when he's with his kids in the busiest city in the country. Like, it's a perfect time for a black widow to strike. And also, it could be done anonymously. Well, and she doesn't need the collateral. She That's why she even said to Kate, she said, if I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you. I'm not here for you. I'm here for Clint. I want to kill him. Oh, speaking of collateral, 
How about when she literally loses it when Kate accidentally calls Natasha collateral? Yeah. That was the one time I was like, Yelena, your danger is coming out. Well, and that goes into her whole thing when she was talking about, my sister saved this world. Oh, yeah. So, I get it. But so I th- but I think it's really interesting because, like I said, Valentina, to me, is now kind of striking me as she's kind of putting together her Avengers, but she hasn't fully put them together yet. I'm sure things got a little messy because she probably had the plan and, you know, the snap happened. Who knows? And so it's like she's putting together her little team. But until that moment that she can put all of everything she needs together, she hires them out. Doesn't seem like that hard of a thing. I mean, you're gonna be, and if you're told the people you're killing are bad, I mean, so, and I mean, this one had a personal stake. So at the end of the day, it's like Kingpin tells Eleanor, hey, I need this. Take care of it. Boom. It's done. There's the person that hired Yelena. And, and you could tell in the text even from Yelena that that's her. Oh, because Kate doesn't know. Well, she does now, but Kate didn't have suspicions about her mother, didn't know she was involved. And now this goes even bigger because now we've got Kingpin involved. And that's the head honcho. That's the big guy, quite literally. Yeah. And it also answers our age-old question, how did Kate's mom keep the apartment? Oh, yeah. Well, working for one of the most powerful men in the underground of New York, that'll do it for you. Oh, yeah. The question then, the only question that remains is, what did Armand do to tick off Kingpin? Because that was Jack. Additionally, though, I have the question of, and I think this was the same, I feel like it was brought up at some point in the episode, and I can't for the life of me, I think it was Kate, when she was talking about, or to Yelena about, well, who's the person who hired you? The, why do they want Clint dead? Well, there you go. Yeah. That because of who he was, and because they know, they don't want him coming back, and he's got a lot of information. Yeah. That's the worst part, is not even, like, who he kills is the fact that he's got the information. And, I mean, if Kingpin maybe wants to use Echo, hear me out in the sense that it doesn't go under the rug that Clint told them, or said to Echo, that they were both weapons. And Kingpin knows it. If he wants to use her to his advantage, having someone who knows the information that he got her father killed will not go over well. And, I mean... Com- if it, if they're staying this true to the comics, it doesn't. She does not want to work with him anymore and turns herself into a better direction. Well, and that would fall in line with what we know is coming for her show. Yep, exactly. She'll be somewhere in the hero-anti-hero sphere where she kind of, you know, I would actually see her kind of falling in line with a daredevil. Yeah. You know, kind of a little grittier, but ultimately doing the right thing. I mean, she also grew up in essentially, like, a mob slash gang thing. So, yeah, I could see that's exactly, I agree. But that's why, to me, it's like, it makes sense why he did. And Eleanor is probably his favorite little pawn. But she she gets everything she needs from it. And, I mean, that's what I brought up to you earlier, I think, when I was even talking about Kate's mom being suspicious, was, oh, out of all the things she could own, she owns a security company that has endless amounts of information she's got eyes all over the city she's kingpin's guy in the chair almost in the sense of she's got all the information where do you think the photo of clint unmasked as ronan came from i'd bet you a million dollars it came from bishop security yeah it's probably from a a street camera and there you go yeah yep exactly though and that's why it was so personal to her to get kate removed too because here's the other thing 
she needs to talk to Kim Kingpin because her daughter's getting involved. And even though now she thinks her daughter's not involved, well, now her daughter's back involved. And the issue for that is she might not always be the best parent, but she doesn't want to lose her daughter. Yeah, I agree. And she can't, and she knows Kingpin wouldn't care. That's the thing. Oh, no, he's ruthless. Yeah. And the thing is, is you can always be his best in command and always there for him doing what you need. But at the end of the day, it's always going to be what he wants. And if her daughter gets too far in the way, she's collateral damage, if that's our favorite word from this episode. Yep. I could not agree more. It's just all coming together. This episode, so good. This show, even better. I agree. I'm just so happy. I agree. And I mean, the thing is, is like, obviously we'll be able to talk about this once the show concludes further. But it's the, where is this going to end? Because the thing is, is Kingpin... We're not going to see his downfall here. The point of bringing him in here is to open him up for later things. Possibly once Daredevil gets fully rebooted, or my hopes would be the Spider-Man realm once the college trilogy comes, since Kingpin is a very well-known Spider-Man villain that we haven't fully seen. Well, we've never seen in like a Marvel, like a full Marvel. We've seen in Daredevil, but that obviously with rights and, you know, uh, the Spider-Man rights debate. But... Obviously, he's not going to be the downfall. This was all to lead into him. But, like, where's Eleanor going? Because now we've got Kate, who knows too much. Yelena, who's like, ah, no. Which could be interesting, because if she's going to be part of the Dark Avengers slash Thunderbolts, she's not going to be particularly happy about, or Valentina's not going to be particularly happy about Yelena botching her mission. And so we got that, and now it's like, okay. We've heard that the ending of Hawkeye is supposed to be, like, really bad. So what is going to happen here? Yeah, it's going to get, I mean, the poop's going to hit the fan next week. And I just don't know that I'm ready for that. Like, right before Christmas? <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I'm like, mm, don't ruin my Christmas over here, Marvel, because yeah, so cool. far your show has been stellar, but, like, let's not give me an anti-Christmas present. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. So it's like... We've got a lot that has just come to light and a lot that's going to culminate, and I'm... Can I say something that's going to make you angry? You always do, don't you? So I know you've refuted this before, and we've had this conversation, but I really am struggling to think that they brought in Kingpin a day before people are first able to see Spider-Man in the U.S., and he's not there. Like, that to me, like, in that movie, I don't know, the timing to me is just so suspicious, especially because, and I know they partially did this because the new Star Wars show is coming out, but they combined episodes one and two, and now this lines up. So I'm kind of like, you know, if they hadn't, I I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, I totally understand your argument that, like, people don't always watch the show right away, and, you know, it came out early last night in the UK, and I, t- I think that's a totally valid argument, but there's another part of me that's like... No, I think it comes out early today. I think it's today it comes out Oh, yeah, day. sorry. I thought... I guess because I we're seeing it tomorrow... Or I'm seeing it tomorrow night that I just took two days. But... And I think that's a totally valid argument. I just... There's a part of me that's like, okay, but... Like, this is such a big reveal. Here's my continuous rebuttal. <laughs> As I should. First off... If your proposition is partially to include him in the Sinister Six, no. Not at all. Can we get a cameo? Okay, maybe he's not going to be in the Sinister Six, but can we get a cameo this weekend? That's the question. (sighs) My issue with the cameo 
and him bring, being brought in, other than the points you've already said that were my arguments before, is also that this is such a big movie. We've already got five villains with a sixth that we do not know yet. We have possibly, and we better, have three <laughs> Spider-Men. <laughs> and, you know, we've got a lot on the line. We got the multiverse. Like, bringing in Kingpin here, I think, would be a really stupid move on Marvel's part. Because I just think he, like, oh, the big drug lord of the underground. Haha, ha, Green Goblin's flying around and Doc Ock's coming here. But we got Kingpin. Like, no offense. In the, in the grand scheme of Spider-Man No Way Home, no one cares about Kingpin. Because he is just not going to be that person. Like, you tell me, oh, you know, Venom, for example, comes flying in. I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. But, like, Kingpin... He's getting set up in Hawkeye for the future use. I just don't see it here. I don't see it for Spider-Man. That's fair. I also, like, we got one picture, and they're gonna be like, oh, now all of a sudden Kingpin's in Spider-Man? Like, that's fair. I just, I didn't think we could close the episode without discussing it a little bit, because, you know, we talked about it being a possibility if he did come in this week, and he did. So I just felt like it just had to be addressed for a couple minutes. Well, for one, two, we haven't even actually heard the man talk. We ha- we had that, like, one line in episode two with Echo when she was, like, a child. And also, like, we might not in the next episode. He The point is to introduce him, but he's not the main villain, ironically enough. Like, he is to the point where, hey, he's the head honcho. But they're not going to be trying, like I said, they're not going to bring him in to take him down in, in an episode in five minutes. He's... They've got future works for him, and I'm, like I said, hoping really Spider-Man for his call trilogy. He's one of them. But they've got fu- – he's got a future. Yeah. But it's not the Hawkeye show. Okay. I just had to get it off my chest. And I had to really aggressively rebut that. You really did. It's okay. I'm going to forgive you for it. But that's it for me. <laughs> that's all I had to say. Do you yeah, have- I mean, I think I agree. All right. Well, guys, it has been an eventful – For us, it's Wednesday. You're going to hear this on a Friday. But it's been an eventful day in Hawkeye land. Really, really fantastic episode five. If you couldn't tell, we were kind of taken by it. Heck yeah. But there's a lot going on this week. So we're going to wrap it up because we know you guys are busy uh, maybe watching some other stuff (laughs) this weekend. Yeah, I mean, if you're seeing it today, because now it is Friday when you would be listening to this, or you're seeing it tonight, or tomorrow, or whatever, yay, heck yeah, like, this is a great week for us, we are, I think I said it earlier with Hawkeye, but we are eating good, this is a good week. Yeah, it is, and, you know, if you are a fan of the show, but you haven't subscribed yet, and you want to make sure you don't miss our Spider-Man No Way Home Reactions episode, go ahead and click that subscribe or like button on your platform of choice so that you get notifications depending on the platform when we do release an episode and you can keep up with us that way. Also, we do have a special playlist profile on Spotify with songs from the shows and movies as well as playlists for each of the shows and a separate playlist for all of our reactions around the movies so that if you're a little behind on one or more of the shows or any of the movies you can go in and just give them all a listen last but not least make sure you're keeping up with the blog we have lots of extra little tidbits in there 
extra context and extra things that we forgot about in the episode because right now we're feeling pretty good about everything we've talked about but I'm sure Katie and I will be texting in the next few days like oh man we totally forgot this so the blog's kind of our catch-all if you want a little bit of that extra sauce that we forgot about in the episode definitely definitely give the blog a follow and check it out yep and as always the twitter let's talk mft Make sure you're giving it a follow, updates, theories, whenever there's a new episode and or blog post, everything is posted there. Obviously, I know this week is a little crazy and some of you might be boycotting social media, which is smart because I logged on to Twitter for five seconds. Yeah, I logged on to Twitter for five seconds yesterday because I've been trying to do some Spider-Man polls, just get everyone a little hyped. And possibly saw a massive spoiler within five seconds because Twitter plays videos right away. And someone recorded the movie, or at least the beginning. (laughs) So (laughs) just be careful. But maybe after Spider-Man, like right after you see it, definitely log on and give us a follow. Because we are not only talking about Hawkeye, which thankfully brushed my timeline nicely (laughs) that I didn't see Spider-Man today. But not only talking about Hawkeye, but we will obviously be having a huge weekend talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's very few times that I get to say, and I know I said it last week, but I'm going to say it this week. Very few times I get to say this, but Marvel is, and if you've already seen, going and has blown your mind. So let's talk about it.